I'm Brett McGarry. This week on the Couch Potatoes, Game of Thrones soars to record ratings in spite of that much ballyhooed data breach that saw the episode get leaked. It was an amazing episode, so we'll chat about that. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. Are you bummed about your favorite show going off the air in 1978? Well, it might be making a comeback. We'll talk about the recent trend of resurrecting dead television shows. Plus, lots of stuff coming to home video this upcoming week. We'll tell you all about it. First, it's the news from the couch. For the last time on a television program, thank you and good night. David Letterman, who said goodbye to his long-running talk show two years ago, will say hello to TV again with a new show for Netflix. A lot of my favorite shows have ended in the last few years, but the man I miss the most is easily Dave Letterman. It was May 2015. Dave gave that sign-off that we just heard on CBS, his home since 1993. In fact, in 33 years of late-night television, Letterman hosted more than 6,000 episodes of NBC's Late Night and CBS's The Late Show, and is the longest-running late-night broadcaster in American history. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Late Show. I want to tell you one thing. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's beginning to look like I'm not going to get The Tonight Show. I don't think so. Nope, but he, is found, or he has found a new gig in the streaming world. Netflix announced this week that a six-episode series will have Letterman combining two primary interests, in-depth conversations, and in-the-field segments sparked by his curiosity and humor. In each hour-long episode, Letterman will conduct a long-form conversation with a single guest and explore topics of his own outside the studio. The as-yet-untitled series is set to premiere next year. No word, yo, on whether he'll bring the top ten list with him. The category of top ten things that sound creepy, creepy, when they're said by John Malkovich. Number two. Johnny likes bunnies. <laughs> we spend all our time here. I want to make a paradise. She redid all of that. Every last detail. And she breathed life back into every room. Are you happy? I love you. That is Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem playing a loving couple in an old home that they've fixed up in the first trailer for the new Darren Aronofsky movie, Mother. That's spelled M-O-T-H-E-R exclamation mark. It looks like a creepy psycho thriller of some sort. Lawrence and Bardem play this perfectly happy couple until... Please, come in. Hello. Hello. He's a stranger. We're just gonna let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? So Ed Harris shows up. Well, that's creepy music. I like it. Ed Harris shows up. Then his wife, Michelle Pfeiffer, shows up. Then the walls starts bleeding and more people start to show up. Is Jennifer Lawrence losing her mind or is her husband hiding something? What were you doing in their luggage? What do they want? God help you. Aronofsky has previously directed films like Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, and The Wrestler. For this new one, it's rumored that the film was inspired by Rosemary's Baby. It looks intense, and with the pedigree of the cast and director, it should be a good time at the movies. See the trailer online now and see Mother in theaters September 15th. They've come here to
to see me. Come quick! You're insane! You're insane! All I'm trying to do is bring life into this house. Open the door to new people, new ideas. I'm so sorry. Give and you give and you give. It's just never enough. No! Is that it? Is the creepy music over, Brett? It's over. Okay, good. Exciting news this week for Coen Brothers fans, makers of many great movies like The Big Lebowski. Man, I've got certain information, all right? Certain things have come to light and... You know, has it ever occurred to you that uh, this could be a, a, a lot more uh, 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 complex? I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? The Co- Brothers Cohen, Ethan, and Joel have a new project in the works, and it's a TV show. It shouldn't seem too weird, as a lot of filmmakers and movie stars have jumped to TV. Lately, even the Coens have had their greatest movie, Fargo, yeah. turned into a TV show. We're not really open, is the thing. That's okay. We're not really customers. What size shoes you boys wear? Now, that is a truly odd question. Is he listening to me? Cut off his ears. A lot of people in the know say the Coens haven't even watched the Fargo TV show and they've never had any interest in television until now. They're working on an anthology series called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which very much sounds like a Coen Brothers title. Not much is known about it yet. It is going to be a Western, which is good news because the West has been good to them in their films, most notably the Oscar winner No Country for Old Men. Let me ask you something. What's the most you ever lost in a coin toss? Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. Just call it. Friendo. There's Javier Bardem again. They also made True Grit, originally a Western novel and then a John Wayne movie. So they're good with horses and guns. The series will be six episodes long, starring Tim Blake Nelson as Buster Scruggs. The Coens will write and produce each episode, which will also be on Netflix. And they'll tell a different story about life in the Wild West with each episode. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is expected to drop sometime next year. I will kill this girl! Biggest mistake you ever made. Help me! I can do nothing for you, son. I'm going to remember, and when I do, there will be a reckoning. Indeed, the Couch Potatoes remember, we remember, how good Hannibal was for three seasons on NBC before it was cancelled in 2015, and there's talk this week that it is on the way back. The TV adaptation of the Thomas Harris books about Dr. Hannibal Lecter was sensational, starring Hugh Dancy as the FBI guy Will Graham, Lawrence Fishburne as his boss FBI guy, and Mads Mikkelsen as Hannibal the Cannibal. Mr. Graham. Special Agent Jack Crawford. Can I borrow your imagination? You FBI? I'm a special investigator. He can enter the mind of a killer in a way that no one ever has. I need him out there. I'm recommending a psyche valve. There's only one person on our list. Dr. Hannibal Lecter. 
Basic story is pretty simple. Hannibal's a guy who kills people and eats them. Will Graham is the FBI guy who is out to catch him. But it was so much more than that. It was a wonderful show. Magnificently shot, mesmerizing soundtrack, excellent acting, great writing, and they found a way to turn horrific violence into art. It was very bizarre. And every week it made us scratch our heads as to how it ever got on to network TV and how they were able to continue doing what they were doing. Because it never should have lasted more than one season on network TV. Its ratings were always bad, but NBC liked the show. Critics liked it. It had a lot of prestige. So the network stuck with it for three seasons. And now, a new hope. Hannibal is one of the few shows to win a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it beat every other show to win Hulu's Best of the Best. Where is Hannibal? You're drawing them to you, aren't you? He's playing with us. Always. Isn't it time you discovered Hannibal? If you haven't discovered Hannibal, I suggest you try it. You can watch it on Netflix. So this week, executive producer Brian Fuller said that the conversation has begun regarding bringing the show back. There was talk after it was first cancelled that it would be picked up by someone else, but that didn't happen. We were actually really surprised about that. We thought somebody would pick it up for sure. But now, Fuller is saying they actually had to wait until two years after the final airing of season three to open the discussion on reviving the show. And that was two years ago this month. Fuller says they have to see what the rights are for the character and the story and look into who's interested in doing the show. He adds both Mickelson and Dancy are excited about returning to the story. And Fuller has said many times he has a great idea for a fourth season. So here's hoping we get more. Hannibal Lecter on TV. You are going to be caught. It has already been set into motion. There is only one way you will forgive Will Graham. I have to eat him. Oh my gosh, I love this moment. You know why? Because I'm going to say it, and this time you're actually going to say yes. You ready? You ready to say yes? Ted, suit up! Barney may sort of get his wish as talk is resurrected of taking another stab at a How I Met Your Mother spinoff. The show ended in 2014 with one of those finales that upset people. Nowhere near the legendary status it should have reached. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legendary. It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. And I hope you're not lactose intolerant because the second half of that word is dairy. Nope, they cheated the ending and even though it was a sitcom and the laughs all those years should have been enough, it was also a serialized story about how Ted met the mother of his children and they ended up doing a terrible job of that one particular thing. But they were going to make a series called How I Met Your Dad the following year. They went so far as to make a pilot episode, but the series was cancelled before it even aired. Seriously, dude. He has got to go. You need to be like... You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Punchy, the tribe has spoken. Please pack up your knives and go. Your work of art didn't work for us. Your time's up. I have to ask you to leave the mansion. You must leave the chateau. Your tour ends here. You've been chopped. Now Fox wants to take another stab at it. They've gone so far as to start hiring writers. They're also stressing that they're starting from scratch. Nothing from that pilot or any other series pitches that may have been thrown out there in the past will be considered. So we'll see, but it sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, I know. You've been evicted from the Big Brother house. Your dessert just didn't measure up. Sashay away. 
Give me a jacket and leave Hell's Kitchen. I'm sorry, you did not get a rose. You have been eliminated from the race. You are no longer in the running to be America's next top model. You're fired. Love you to say. That's an impressive. How many of, of those are still around? Quite a few of them. More than you would think. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that actually, on the subject of uh, resurrecting t- TV shows, it's not just uh, scripted shows that are getting no, no. come back. It's a lot of reality shows and game shows. Just all like those that. NBC game shows, right? Is that on NBC where they're doing all those old game shows again? Uh, they're doing them on all the networks, I think. Okay. It's just this kind of. If you're into Weird. that, if you like game shows, then you love TV yeah, sure. right now. But I, <laughs> I don't. Um, we're going to tell you what's coming to home video up next, and then we're also going to talk Game of Thrones and on that subject of resurrecting old TV shows. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Exciting times for home video this week. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no peasant craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. That's kind of familiar. What was that? That's The Lion King, and it's coming out of the Disney vault at long last. It'll be on digital HD, first streaming, downloading, whatever, on Tuesday, August 15th. And then the Blu-ray release will come later this month, August 29th. And Disney always goes all out for these uh, special oh, edition Blu-rays. It's so. the Circle of Life edition. Mm. The Walt Disney Signature Series. Oh, very good. So there, yeah. yeah. If you don't buy Blu-rays, but you're a fan of Disney, can't recommend it enough. I remember I picked up the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Blu-ray when it, I think it was the first one that was like the yeah. diamond edition or whatever. Right. It was amazing. The yeah, the stuff, the extra stuff they oh, put really? into it, the remaster, it was just a sensational purchase. So can't recommend that enough if you're a Disney fan. It's a must buy. What else do we have here? Uh, also on DVD and Blu-ray on Tuesday, Alien Covenant. Uh, we told you about that a couple of weeks ago when it came out on digital HD, but you can get your hard copy of that. Uh, the Everything Everything movie, that was the... The girl in the bubble, the girl, bubble girl movie. Oh, yes, bubble girl. Yes, that tanked and nobody seemed to like, but there you go. A movie called The Wall, in which John Cena plays a soldier. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's right. It's John Cena and uh, Aaron, what is the guy's name? Aaron Taylor. Ah, the, the the guy who played Jackass, and he was Quicksilver in the Avengers movie. Oh, and, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. He was also in Nocturnal Animals. He was in. He was actually nominated for, I think, a Golden Globe for Nocturnal Animals for Best Supporting Actor. But then at the Oscars, it was Michael Shannon who was nominated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he won the Golden Globe too, didn't he? I think he did. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm yeah. just trying to pull up his <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's there it. you go. Yeah. Uh, those are the movies coming out. There's a bunch of TV coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Season one of Bull, season two of Billions, season two of The Legends of Tomorrow, or the DC's Legends of Tomorrow, from the Arrow Universe, uh, NCIS, Quantum Leap, season three. <laughs> That's been on for three years already? Yeah. Holy smokes, time's going by fast. Speaking of time going by, season six of Once Upon a Time. Good Lord. Season one of Riverdale, season four of Blacklist, and season eight of The Middle. And then uh, next Friday on Netflix, Marvel's The Defenders drops. Oh, the new one there. At last, I have been excited for this since they first mentioned it. Since the first season of Daredevil aired, it was exciting to watch Daredevil. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I can't wait till they all team up. <laughs> but uh, after the Iron Fist, I am a little hesitant that they know what they're doing. So they better get this one right. 
But if nothing else, there'll be quips from Luke Cage and Jessica Jones yeah. and Daredevil, so it's going to have some good stuff. Yeah, and I think it's shorter. It's only eight episodes, I believe, as opposed to the usual 13, so that uh, that was the that biggest problem help. with all the Marvel shows. They bog down in the middle. To get too boring. much. Yeah. That's a that's a common Netflix. We've had we talked about this a lot. Yeah, isn't that a, a Netflix thing? It is a Netflix thing. You read a lot of the critics say that it's all exciting. Everything's all exciting at first, and somewhere in the middle, it's just like ugh, and then it gets better at the end again. Yeah, I guess that's uh that's maybe a problem with binge writing, where instead of doing episodic TV, they're kind of doing it like a thirteen hour movie. So that's yeah. that's the way that the second act always works is kind of longer and slower and a bit more boring. Up next, we'll tell you about. Some TV shows that are getting second life. It is a long list. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And let's talk some TV. I thought it was weird when you picked us to make a documentary. But all in all, I think an ordinary paper company like Dunder Mifflin was a great subject for a documentary. There's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. Isn't that kind of the point? And that was a poignant ending of The Office back in 2013. It was NBC's anchor sitcom for many years, and they would be thrilled to have it back. In fact, the grand poobah of the network literally said this week, if the folks who made The Office or the folks who made 30 Rock wanted to come back and do another season, they'd be greenlit in a heartbeat. And as we know, those aren't the only shows that's actually happening with a few right now. It looks like this trend is only going to continue of resurrecting these dead TV shows. But should it continue? I don't know what to think about this. And as I think about the reason, like what could be the reason that is driving these networks? And I think it is, it's familiarity because they're getting, all the streaming services are starting to win, right? I mean, not starting, like Netflix, when people talk about watching TV, they don't even say, I'm going to go home and watch TV. It's I'm going to go home and watch Netflix, right? Yeah, for sure. Netflix and chill. Like it's, it's part of the vocabulary. And people, I think, forget that, there, there's a television service. There are channels <laughs> that provide new content all the time. I think people are starting to look at Netflix. Netflix is the market leader. So how do you fight back against all the shows that Netflix is making by resurrecting shows that yeah. people may have already heard of? Bringing back your favorite show was definitely a good. Like if The Office came back, I'd definitely watch it. Yeah, but Steve sure. Carell says he's not going to do it, and he makes the good point. He's like, he's like, this is dumb because they're just. The ravages of time dictate that the show will not be the same as it was. It will not be the show that you remember. It will be different, and therefore, it will inherently be, even if it is a better TV show, it'll still be disappointing because it won't be exactly how you remembered it and want it to be. You remember the the, the final season of Scrubs? I can't remember if it was season yeah. eight or nine. Where Scrubs Med School? Yeah, where yeah. They, they, they did, the season prior ended with a proper series finale. Yeah. And then they decided to 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 the renew it for another season. So you ended up with mostly new characters, and it was just kind of weird. It was fun, and I, we liked. I mean, we still refer to Cole Fusion. That's right. I, I always I sometimes forget where we get that from. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was. What's his name? Dave Franco. Dave Franco. James Franco's brother played this character named Cole, who was a huge jerk, but he said <laughs> funny things, and we, he referred to himself as Cole Fusion. It was an amusing series or season, but it was not Scrubs. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. I look at, I look at that as this weird blip on the Scrubs radar. It's so weird. Yeah. There's stuff like that. And I don't know, I guess Scrubs is, that was an interesting experiment, but a 
it didn't, you know, start off any trend and ultimately wasn't successful. But this looks like, you know, as we heard with Hannibal, Hannibal's one we actually hope does come back. Yeah. Hannibal was weird enough and they could, like, that's the kind of show that could do with a two-year time jump, right? Yeah. Or something like that. And it was, and it's shorter seasons and their seasons were very much their own contained thing. Like it was on three years, each year was vastly different. Yep. So that one. I don't sort of, I I don't mind that coming back. No, and I don't know that you would e- I would even clump it into this sort of the broad like it's not like resurrecting the office. They always hoped that Hannibal would come back. Yeah. I remember us talking about it. I remember saying we can almost guarantee you that someone will pick up Hannibal. So the when it didn't get picked right. up, I remember we were both really surprised by this. There were a lot of people who were surprised. So uh indeed hopefully they can get season four going for Hannibal. But I mean, I'm looking at this list of shows you've come, you've put together of shows that have already come back. So yeah. this is clearly not a brand new trend. No. Well, there's Full House. Ugh. Twin Peaks. People are digging that. Yep. Um, Arrested Development. That fourth season was not nearly as good as the first three. I've got higher hopes for season five. Gilmore Girls. Now people sort of like that, but they, everybody I talked to said it's not as good as the original run. Really? Yep. Okay. Uh, 24, that was a disappointment for you, right? 24 Legacy, uh, it was, it was still pretty good, but not, nowhere near as good. I mean, that I think ties into what Steve Carell was talking about, The Office, uh, you know, it's not the same character. Eventually, the gimmick is what got me to check out 24, the real-time action thriller starring a movie star, Kiefer Sutherland, but ultimately it was Kiefer Sutherland and his character, Jack Bauer, that kept me coming back. And then, and then there's Will and Grace, which, I mean, the jury's out on that because it hasn't actually aired yet, but uh, they've renewed it for a second new season. We told you last week about how they just deleted the finale like it never happened. I know. I can't believe that. So <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with that. And, of course, all those old game shows we told you about. Also, uh, and it comes back, the first episode is uh, on August 12th next week, DuckTales. DuckTales! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> woo <laughs> But that's 20 years later, and it's a cartoon, so it's a different ball of wax altogether. Yeah, I'm just looking at this list here. There's, uh, I found, oh my goodness. Okay, so I just, I Googled uh, TV revivals, mm-hmm. and I found a, an article on tvline.com, and it's one of those where you have to, it's a click kind of baits thing where you have to click each, each individual. entry is its own page. I didn't see this the first time I looked at it. It... I'm looking at image number one of 139 (laughs) TV reboots and revivals, a complete guide. Oh my God. The first one was 24 Legacy, which was canceled after one season. Uh, The the second one is the $100,000 Pyramid, which is hosted by Michael Strahan, who by the way is one of the most hard, one of the hardest working people on television. I don't know how he does what he does, uh, going back and forth with a football and- uh, Well, he quit the, he quit on Kelly- he did, but isn't he, what is he, Good Morning America now? Oh, yeah, that's right. Plus the, fo- and the football, <clears throat> that's flying every, like, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Across he the ha- country. Because he has New York think, and L.A. Yeah. That's right. He goes to New L.A. and then he has to take the red eye back to New York. <laughs> so that's insanity. To get up early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think this all boils down to just trying to fight back against Netflix and other streaming services. Do you remember Amazing Stories from the uh, mid-1980s? I never watched it, but I recall it. It was a show that was on NBC, and they are re- developing a reboot for that. It was an anthology series yeah. where it's 
It described as, it told tales of the incredible, odd, and or supernatural variety. And it's been in development at NBC since 2015 uh, with Brian Fuller, the showrunner from Hannibal, is expected to uh, co-produce this. So, I don't know. If they do it right, like you mentioned, Twin Peaks is getting a lot of traction amongst the fans. My dad, uh, Smash Gordon, he likes... Twin Peaks, he liked the original run, and he has been telling me all about how weird this new one is. And he likes it? Yeah, he loves it. So uh, they can do it right, and sometimes they do it wrong. Hopefully they don't uh, drop the ball with all of these reboots. Typical Hollywood, it's going to be like 80% bad, 20% good. Yeah. If that, you know. And I just like American Idol coming back. There's a perfect example, a show that's canceled and then it's picked up not even a year later by ABC. Yeah. America's Next Top Model ran for 22 seasons, and then it was finally canceled, and then it was picked up like a couple of months later <laughs> and resurrected by a uh, VH1, I think. So uh, there is a reluctance to let go because it's just getting harder and harder to generate new content, get people to pay attention to your new shows, unless you are on one of the younger, hipper streaming services. So That's true. And it's weird, though, because it's always the new shows that we actually get excited about. Like this is us, right? Yeah. That oh, that's the big new hit, and it's a brand new thing. It's you know, so it's like don't stop trying to come up with something new. You'll hit upon something sooner or later. That was the the rare diamond in the rough for probably the last decade. Like <clears throat> when you look at the network TV landscape, this is us, Modern Family. I'm trying to think of any other shows that like we're talking just the big network TV shows: ABC, NBC, yeah, yeah. Uh, CBS, and Fox. Is there anything other than those two shows that... The cop shows, but again, none of those are news, so... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's true. In CBS, almost everything that goes in CBS does, like Bull, you mentioned Bull earlier. All of their new shows do great, but uh, as far as sort of sticking out as pop culture phenoms... Yeah, yeah. uh, Speaking of pop culture phenoms, Game of Thrones did huge ratings this weekend. We'll talk about that episode up next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. Time to talk Game of Thrones. My only venture at this moment is re-establishing control over this continent and every person on it. All my allies are gone. I'm losing. You can count on the Iron Bank as soon as the gold arrives. Enough with the clever plans. So there's been a lot of talk of late HBO has been under attack in cyberspace, first the script for this past episode, The Spoils of War, was leaked by a hacker, and then the episode itself made its way online. Well, it looks like all that stuff may have actually helped HBO's cause because it had 10.2 million viewers for its debut airing. That's the most ratings, it's the highest ratings ever for the show. It surpassed the season seven premiere, which debuted with 10.1 million. Oh, yeah. Uh, viewers and has since climbed over 30 million viewers and repeats and what have you. And this uh, this episode, The Spoils of War, it was amazing. I've watched it four times. Are you serious? I watched it and then I immediately watched it again and then I ended up watching it again because HBO is constantly replaying it so right, it just right, right. happens to be on. Like, oh, I'll watch it. And then the other day I, I was... I was just getting ready to go to bed at like 3 o'clock in the morning because uh, I'm off <laughs> my... the night owl. Yeah. And uh, it was on TV again, so I watched it again. And there you go. I haven't seen it yet. I, I've only seen the premiere so far. I'm 
got a three episode backlog now. Oh my god! So I don't mind minor spoilers because I've been spoiled on them just from photos and stuff on the internet and things okay. like that. And honestly, by the time I watch it, get to this episode, because I go to watch three to get to it, I'll totally forget anything. I, I'm that dumb about stuff. Well, so, but I gather the dragons have been set loose. The dragon. There was a, a battle. We saw in the, the initial trailers for this season that there's a one shot of the Dothraki on all their horses riding right. across this plain with Drogon flying above. That's the biggest. He's the big black dragon flying above them. So we finally see that, and it comes as a huge surprise because it wasn't sort of teased in any of the promos. It just kind of happens. It's a good deal. And it's, uh, it's really amazing. It's probably the most spectacular sequence they've had. Just a couple of nitpicks, and I, I don't want to, I'm not going to, spoil exactly what no. happens here but you they make it look like there are thousands upon thousands of dothraki we have no idea how many exactly right but they come up against his lannister army and i was thinking of the scene in lord of the rings where the the rohirrim the the horses of and riders of rohan show up come rushing down the hill with gandalf yeah, yeah. so no not that one oh. i was thinking when they um, went to to gondor in the third one return of the king so oh, six thousand of them uh, against like 100,000 of these orcs, but they still managed to run over all of them and send them scurrying. So in this, they, the army that the Dothraki is facing is a lot smaller, and they probably should have washed over them <laughs> like a flood like in, in seconds. three seconds. <laughs> so, but it's still, it's an amazing shot. Plus, they, uh, they, there a lot of guys were actually set on fire. It wasn't CG. Oh, they're stunt and, guys. Yeah, and cool. they, they, more people were set on fire in this scene than has ever been attempted in anything in Hollywood. Really? Because it's expensive. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it looks good. It looks so good. Cool. So that means you get to see Drogon <sighs> burn some people. Fun. So it well, was they the stupid dragon egg showed up in the first season. That's all we've been waiting for for like seven years. It's like, get to the dragons. (laughs) Well, and that's actually one of the funny things that I've found about people complaining about is they're complaining that this season is moving too fast. Really? Well, because the pace of the show was a lot more uh, sort of deliberate as the first six seasons. It would take Daenerys the whole season to walk from one town to the next. Exactly. But we don't need that. We, Like you said, we've been waiting for the action. This is where the story has been building. We knew that these battles were eventually going to happen, that all these characters were going to lock horns. And and as you pointed out, once we first saw the dragons hatch, we knew they were going to grow up and devastate something. So it's cool to finally see it. I don't care about that the quick pace. Um, I would point out, though, I think I I was misinformed. I was not misinformed. I was just wrong. I misinterpreted the information. I thought that they were going to have a couple of the episodes were going to be like 90 minutes plus okay. this season, which is not true. Uh, episode six is going to be 71 minutes and episode seven will be 81. Yeah. It's so getting there a little bit longer. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Only three episodes left. Uh-oh. And then another whole year, a one year, or is it going to be It might be even longer. Again? Yeah. It might be even longer. I've, I have read that it might not be until 2019 before we see the final season. That's all right though. If they're using that time wisely to- Write better and whatever else. And make sure that the special effects are... Oh, Breaking Bad did that once. That's right. They added like half years and they just told uh, AMC's like, look, we need more time to write this better. So we're not going to be available when we told you we were. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, that's we got no problem with that. And I think that ended ended up being the uh, 
the first Gus year or so, or the year that he fought with Gus. Oh, all so, right. Uh, we got a couple of minutes left here. I just I want to. I want to take a stroll down memory lane hmm. for a moment here. I don't know if you remember this, Jeff. This goes back to 1988. In the autumn of 1888, London's huge metropolis was gripped by fear. On the teeming streets of Whitechapel, women were being torn to pieces by a killer who vanished in the shadows, time after time. So terrible was the savagery that the world remembers it still. Jack the Ripper. Do you remember this? I do not, but I know it's, it's Brett's cult classic. <laughs> it, it, this was kind of like a, a unicorn for me. Here's one more clip where you hear the lead actor. Leading the manhunt was Scotland Yard's Inspector Frederick George Abilene. Mary Nichols was a shilling whore. She wasn't killed for money. She didn't have any. According to the doctors, she wasn't even sexually assaulted. Yet somebody tore her to pieces in the streets. So find him. Michael Some men just want to watch the world burn. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a miniseries that aired, I think it was on CBS in 1988. It was a co-production between uh, ITV, I think, in England and Mm -hmm. I guess CBS in the United States. It was a two-part, four-hour miniseries. And... We recorded it on VHS, and I think I watched it like 50 times. Really? It, it, it feels like that. It was probably four times, but uh, I was about 11 years old when that happened, so I quite enjoyed it as a kid. And as time went on, I always wanted to get it on DVD or eventually Blu-ray, but it's been hard to find. And as it turns out, my dad, I want to say five years ago, ordered it online. Really? But it he ordered it from the UK, and it was oh, the wrong region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it is also available on Blu-ray, but it's not in our region. So I found it on a DVD, and it said on the ad on Amazon, will play, it's not region-specific. So we'll, I tried we'll play it. play anywhere. Kind of. So I, I, I ordered it, gave it to my dad, and we watched it, and it was amazing. And nice. it was uh, startling how much I remembered. Like, I remembered almost, not word for word, but I watched it way too many times, clearly, as a kid. <laughs> and I'm probably going to watch it more than I have it on DVD. And that's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.